For as long as I've known the NBA, it's been a stars league. But even among the stars, there's an exclusive club. Russell, Dr. J, Jordan, Kobe. They're all part of a select group that paved the way for the NBA superstar of today. And some even shared secrets with each other along the way. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Jackie McMullen, and this is the Icons Club. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Oh, hold up. Smell test. Go ahead. Sniff those pits. Now, your bits. Feet, toes, come on. Ugh. Could be fresher, right? It's all good. Old Spice Total Body Deodorant Spray is gentle enough to use all over your body, giving you 24-7 lasting freshness with daily use, from pits to toes and down below. So every smell test gets a... <sighs> Shop for Old Spice Total Body Deodorant. My culinary comrades, my taste buds, my hungry homies, we have done it. We are down to a final fork on House of Carbs. A food podcast on the Ringer Food Channel. I am your hungry homie, Joe House. My culinary comrades, what an adventure we have been on. This Munch Madness tour of many of the underrated and unexpected college towns across these United States, looking for something delicious in each of them. We looked east, we looked west, we looked south, we looked Midwest. We came up with four wonderful food experiences, and now we have to try and come up with the succulent Cinderella story Winner to this whole thing, a national champion awaits us. My taste buds, there's only one way to handle such a lofty and ambitious goal, and that is with a particular expertise. And that particular expertise is expressed in the form of one hungry homie that you are familiar with if you've been listening to the House of Carbs here. My friends, it is our old hungry homie, Kevin Alexander. You know him. He is the James Beard award-winning author of Burn the Ice, which covered food culture in America over the last decade. The former national writer-at-large and chief burger critic at Thrillist, where he covered the food world for a dozen years and spent one of those years eating 330 burgers in 30 cities. This year, he's got a couple books coming out. Um, he has this fantastic book, California Soul, which is about a memoir of the chef Keith Corbin in uh, at the restaurant Alta Adams. And he also 
is publishing a novel called The Lemon, comes out in November about high-end restaurants and low-end media. This is his third time here on House of Carbs. The next time, we're going to send him a burger. But for our purposes, before I welcome him right in here, he's visited many of these cities that we have toured, and he is own self. While at Thrillist, went on his own um, belly belly tour of, of college towns. Kevin Alexander, welcome. House, it is always, always a pleasure. And uh, Craig, I just want to say you as well. Uh, your work in the 88th minute of the ice storm rewatchables was iconic. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell my grandparents and my grandkids about that. So wow. thank you uh, to have you both. There are dozens of you who heard that. That's impressive. <laughs> well, wait a minute. People listen to the rewatchables, but they didn't I don't make know it... about the 88th minute of the ice storm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Craig himself called it out. He was like, if you think anyone here is listening to the 88th minute, <laughs> you're sorely mistaken. <laughs> it was iconic. Anyway, but but we have we have work to do here, so I don't want to distract. Well, well, Kevin, um, we were very pleased that you were available to join us for this because, like, like I say, this is a very important task we have in, in front of us. Um, and your particular expertise as a, as a person that's traveled all around and eaten all, all kinds of, of different places and especially college food towns, we want to begin with um, sharing with you and sharing with, with all the hungry homies out there where we've been, how do we get to this moment? Where do these final fork, where did the final fork come from here? And, you know, we'll just jump right into it. We started off uh, at the University of Florida up against the University of Indiana. We were in Gainesville. We were in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, uh, Callie Rivers Curry told us about Gainesville. We ended up hearing a lot about gator as, yeah. as a food item. Gator nuggets. Gator nuggets. And then in Indiana, um, we were really blown away by Kate Hallowell's description of, of an enormously diverse um, tableau, food tableau there. And, you know, we ended up, um, we're going to eat some food today, but we um, heard about these dumplings, these Tibetan dumplings that just captured our imagination. And so Indiana advanced um, in that matchup. As between those those two cities, and, and as you sort of think about the the uh, cultural milieu uh, they occupy and the the food choices in them. Do you think we did the right thing? Yeah. So I would say uh, you definitely made the right choice there. Uh, I you know like uh, I always respect the research that you guys do, but uh, like Kyrie, I like to do my own research. And so I reached out to a bunch of uh, my friends and talked to them, and one of them told me that. Uh, in Bloomington, the Dalai Lama's uh, brother taught at IU for a while. I don't know if you guys discussed this. I think Kate mentioned that. It did, did come up in the conversation, uh -huh. yes. Yeah. And so he was like, you know, I mean, I guess like, uh, and he talked about a place called Anyet Sangs. I don't know if that's the place with the dumplings. It is. Those are the dumplings, bro. Guys, Look at that. We, unfortunately, we couldn't get them. They we were tried. Very, we tried to get them. We're going to have the cookies that Kate recommended, but yes, that is the dumpling place. Well, and then and then uh, just to you know pile on with the Bloomington love, uh, another friend told us about the breadsticks at Kilroy's, and I and I believe she was talking about Kilroy's as a great bar food place. Mm -hmm. And uh, he his friend uh, set used to flash people for just to get these breadsticks. Wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Will you say? 
these <laughs> I want to understand what you just communicated. Yeah. No, please. Yeah, yeah. So there <laughs> there is a a a place there like bar or bar food yeah. that's that serves a kind of breadsticks, cheesy breadsticks, is mm-hmm. that it? Yep. And they were so delightful and delectable. You we are we're you're leading us to believe that there was a young lady who was mm-hmm. willing to trade boobs for breadsticks. Is that where we're going what with I, this? What I'm saying is uh, Kilroy's breadsticks are essentially Bloomington's edible version of Mardi Gras beans. That's what I'm telling you right now. And it sounds like uh, Bloomington, Indiana, stuff is happening. <laughs> it sounds like a place, you know, there, there's... And part of the thing that also um, was very interesting to us in Kate's description was um, there is a, a whole sort of section of, of, of town where you go sort of um, venue by venue with different cuisines. It, it reminded Street. us, yes, yeah. of how, um, what a large place it is with enormous um, uh, influence and participation by folks from all over the world, including the Dalai Lama's brother. Exactly. I heard about Croatian places. I heard, I mean, I heard, I heard the whole uh, spectrum. So I feel like to your original point, you guys nailed it. Bloomington over Gainesville. Sorry. Gator nuggets are like salty, kind of chewy. Like they don't really do it for me. I think we could have a great time. And this is what we we celebrated with Cali going to Florida and going to a football game and enjoying the tailgate experience there and just, you know, rocking out, um, you know, hearkening back to all of our uh, college football game youth and no better no better place than Gainesville perhaps for that but that's different than what we're after we're looking for a succulent Cinderella story here yeah exactly and and I think like uh, every college town you're going to experience that fun and energy and especially those sort of places that have like iconic sports venues and all that but this is specifically about food and the food in Bloomington is definitely better than the food in Gainesville yes we did it right okay so now we're going to go to a place that you're kind of familiar with. Uh, we we visited Stores, Connecticut, with our <laughs> pal Justin Barrier, grad of of UConn, um, our NBA beat guy for the Ringer, and Amelia Wiedemeyer, who attended the University of Wisconsin. Those two schools went up against one another, and we came to find out that perhaps the most interesting food attribute, food item in stores. Um, would have been, could have been Gino Ariema's uh, Italian <laughs> restaurant, except for it was shut down during the pandemic. And it also sort of struck us as potentially a one-note kind of deal. Um, Amelia, on the other hand, walked us through a terrific uh, experience at the University of Wisconsin. And Madison itself is, is you know, sort of legendary for um, being just such a vibrant, town um in the midwest with a lot of that um sort of midwest perspective she told us about the the weekend farmers market every week that convenes right there in the state capital of the square and it just sounded like every single saturday you could go have an incredible eating tour and eating journey so the university of wisconsin prevailed over the university of connecticut yeah i mean to me uh wisconsin so Madison versus stores is like a 16 seed versus a one. It's like, (laughs) this is like Ron Feaster and Holy Cross versus Marcus Camby and UMass. Like there's not, this isn't the, you know, I've been to store. I I went to school in Hartford and I had friends at UConn. And so I traveled over there and, 
And as I've told you before, the, the, my greatest eating experience there was uh, seeing Khalid El Amin at a Boston market. So, uh, <laughs> I don't think we're really dealing with, uh, you know, and that's not, you know, Connecticut, Connecticut gets knocked because it's only really known for New Haven pizza and it's known for the steamed cheeseburgers, um, which, you know, aren't the greatest way to make cheeseburgers, but, uh, stores is not, there's great food, great eating in Connecticut and stores is not the place to do it. So, yeah. uh, Madison definitely, uh, prevails there. It talked, he, he told us about the thing, single thing that sounded most appealing was this tavern pizza, essentially, where, you know, there are a couple different bars. There is food at the bars. You drink at the bars <laughs> with your friends. You celebrate before the UConn basketball game. You celebrate after the UConn basketball game. And while you're at the bars, you might enjoy some food. Is, am I getting it right, Craig? Yeah. And then, yeah, there, there's some calzone situations going on there. And then also <laughs> some, um, it was the dairy bar, the ice cream at the dairy bar that he thought probably was the first pick that's true and and so that 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 is kind of interesting yeah there's some solid farms in that area but <laughs> um but yeah the, i like i like craig's term the calzone situation which i actually think would be a great restaurant uh <laughs> name but uh yeah no i mean that that one is a no-brainer madison's like a legit like food city just not even college like that that's that's uh its own thing and so to put stores up against it like i said you know there's only there's only so many boston markets that you can deal with well i i think we um might have done better with these next two matchups see we we had some real heavy hitters um coming up here we have providence rhode island up against spokane washington and we had this is providence your uh, uh college up against gonzaga no, none other than than his own self, Wiley Dufresne, came on here to tell us uh, and extol the virtues of Providence. Um, native son of Providence, uh, and his first food job was in Providence. He cooked at a great Italian restaurant, a uh, legendary Italian restaurant in Providence. And then none other than, than uh, Gonzaga's own Kelly Olinick came on yes. to tell us all about. And, and Kelly Olinick, uh, former guest here on House of Carbs, pre preceding this Munch Badness, uh, uh, underrated food guy. I told him, I keep encouraging him. Yeah. You know, we, we need to get you uh, into this food space, KO. Yeah, kind of brimming with enthusiasm about food. Yes. yes. No, that was a revelation for me to, to hear him uh, extolling all the virtues. I had no idea, to be honest. So Spokane had some some like really interesting um, attributes. And, and the one thing that he landed on when we asked him to tell us this, you know, this, the single most compelling item from your experience that we could still go get, um, was this, uh, duck version of, of a pho, right? Right, Craig? Yeah. The place is called pho Vaughn and it was the duck soup was his official choice, which, you know, um, we didn't anticipate necessarily, uh, you know, a large Vietnamese community where there would be, you know, um, authentic versions, but it's not, it's just that we, we didn't know, you know, we, this is why we're having these cultural emissaries come on here and help help us help introduce us to these um, cities and, and help our bellies, you know, sort of explore the space a little bit. I mean, uh, yeah, like that whole area always has really interesting, the different mishmashes of culture are, are really cool. And it's also awesome that he was thinking about those sort of foods when he was in college, because we can't, you know, we can't all say that we were getting that far past the calzone situation ourselves. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, right. and to his credit, you know, the the challenge was there was um, sort of a, a Polyponesian um, chicken proprietor, a, a brick chicken from a Polyponesian, a hot, were they Hawaiian, Craig? This, Hawaii- this, this, yeah, you're talking about the Aloha Island Grill? Yes. Yeah. So he 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 wanted to like he was really debating between the duck soup and this this chicken dish. Now we came to understand that the um, the Aloha Tempor- Grill it's temporarily closed. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, okay. so he gave the nod to the to the duck soup, but he also told us about great sushi, which I wasn't that surprised by because you know the proximity of Spokane just just being located there in the Pacific Northwest gives you so yeah. many am- amazing sushi opportunities but you know and he gave us a a great sandwich recommendation as well which was you know perfect um we we went to providence with wiley and maybe this is a tiny bit unfair that (laughs) (laughs) first of all we got well you know one of the greatest chefs on planet earth to tell us about (laughs) the food scene at the city he was born in um but also it's a city. So, you know, Providence, uh, now Spokane is a city a- a- as well, but you know, the, the Providence, the, the, the college scene, there's a handful of schools and then it's also, you know, a sort of elemental city in the new England, um, suite of, of, of cities. And, you know, you get the benefit of so many different influences coming together in in a town like Providence, you know, uh, immigrants, the 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 Italian culture, um, you have that entire seafood culture because of its proximity to the water, and you know, so we, we kind of went through it. The real revelation to us was the hot dog scene. <laughs> like I, I I did not know until Wiley Dufresne explained to it explained it to us in delicious detail, really. Um, that Rhode Island had its own unique hot dog culture. And I call it hot dog culture, but really it's hot wiener. Because one mm-hmm. of the things we came to explore with him, the difference between a, a frankfurter and a hot dog and a wiener, they're all, all different, all related, all in the same genus, species, and phylum. But, you know, slight uh, lines of demarcation. Um, it sounded like... The pork version, which I think makes it um, more of a Frankfurter, or is it more of a wiener if it's pork? I don't know. Oh, in any event, that's um, a great question. He told us about you know the diner culture in Rhode Island, um, and we they explored invented that with it. him. Yeah, right. the first diner, Providence, Rhode Island, eighteen seventy two. And yeah. he shared with us his own plans to capture that entire diner culture diner vibe in new york city he's got a project that will open in is it southport eastport where is it oh i don't remember what he said yeah that development down uh i think it's lower east side right on the right on the water yeah um where espn has its you know new york headquarters now um there's there's a ton of development going on there dave chang has a restaurant there um, but he's opening up, Wiley told us about a diner that he's opening up and a lot of the inspiration for it is coming from his experiences in Rhode Island, the home of the original diner. I mean, guys, yeah, Providence, uh, which interestingly enough was my, uh, the place where I was at before I visited you for the first time in house of cards, uh, on the book tour. So I had just come from Providence. Uh, I've worked in Providence. I've 
dated girls from Providence. I have a lot of uh, time and experience in Providence. And my brother went to Brown. And it's like, uh, it's so underrated. Uh, you know, it's so underrated in the because it's right by, you know, you're getting New York, you're getting Philly, you're getting uh, Boston. And so it really doesn't get the same sort of shine, but you hit it exactly right. There's a big, there's the Portuguese population, there's the uh, Italian populations, there's all these different pockets. They've got their iconic foods, you know, like the the grilled pizza. And then, and then they have these dogs and, uh, it's they, it, you know, they're they've got the frozen lemonade. What more do you want? That's exactly right. And, they've and got a, a bad clam chowder. <laughs> he said so. I mean, yeah. you know, the the thing that I I did enjoy was a, a, a chowder that that featured the quags, but nobody called it. It wasn't a clam chowder where they tried to call it a clam chowder. It was like a seafood chowder with the with the quags as the main main you know. Uh, fish ingredient scared, ingredient. Of, scared of saying that word because i, don't I just made it up it. i don't yeah. either i just said so, it i don't care so i've avoided it strictly for that reason are they quay hogs are the q hogs are they quags i don't we'll know. never know doesn't let's matter not look it up let's not look it up that's <laughs> not so <laughs> it, it was a tight battle because those were two heavy hitters and those are heavy hitters you know the, the the duck soup the way that that um ko kelly described it it was really just just marvelous but at the end of the day there was something about the the cultural resonance of creating the diner and how important the diner is to american culture um and the role that it's played throughout american culture we gave the nod to providence um and so that that's where we landed no i think that's the right choice i i think kind of generally speaking, because I was listening to Wiley talk and it, it made me think growing up in New England, Greek culture plays such a role, like a sort of a subtle role in shaping all of like New England food world. So every pizza place where I grew up was Greek, you know? And so you got this like certain style that was like halfway between, it wasn't quite thin crust and it had more oil and a little more oregano and all those sort of things. And he was talking about the hot dogs, right? And that they were distinguishing them from the conies and the Greeks sort of with the celery salt and all of that sort of stuff. And I, I just think that that's kind of underreported on how much of sort of Greek culture helps to shape a lot of like the, the food ways of New England, uh, including Providence and these dogs. One of my takeaways from this um, culinary invention, I'd really love to export that Rhode Island approach to the hot dog. And I'll tell you in my, in my own research here in Washington, DC, I was so curious. I wanted to, to attempt to replicate the Rhode Island style of hot dog down here. And I just couldn't find anything. I I'd have to do it on, on my own. And I love both the idea of just sort of the, 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 the wiener, uh, un, undecorated, unvarnished, just with a tiny bit of celery salt. And we're going to explore that, but also the, all the way, which has a, uh, its own, you know, status. That's a mustard onion, you know, raw chopped up onion um, with kind of a meat sauce. And, you know, the, the, the description of the meat sauce made me think of um, our, our uh, culinary adventure earlier this year, where we were talking about the, the best iconic food item from various uh, NFL playoff cities. And we visited Cincinnati, Ohio, and mm -hmm. that, that, that chili, the Cincinnati chili, when I was sort of looking at and thinking about the kind of meat sauce that goes onto these 
Rhode Island dogs, I thought about that skyline chili because um, it's really not a, a chili. It, it really does play more as a meat sauce than anything else is, was, was my conclusion. But in any yeah, event, it's, it's just meat, spices and water. Yes. Well, yeah. what's really interesting is uh, so when I was doing my like burger quest thing uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, there's a place called like Brooks Sandwich House, I believe. And they're all the way burger, which I thought was the best burger in Charlotte and one of the best burgers in the country is essentially you're describing exactly how they do the hot dog, except, you know, instead of meat sauce, it's chili, but it's like exactly the same, but I'd never heard of that sort of like all the way system being used as a bird. And that's in North Carolina versus, uh, in Providence. So I just thought that that was a really interesting, uh, you know, connection between the two. Yeah. I wonder if the folks from Charlotte had anything to do, had any lineage up there to, to Providence. Cause I, I am prepared to give Providence credit for inventing that even, even if it's wrong. Yeah, go, go for it. Um, so Providence prevailed and you've endorsed that, that decision. I've endorsed it. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish I disagreed with you guys more. You know, I, <laughs> I, I really, I wanted to argue about it. I wanted to fight, but I think that these are all sort of fair conclusions. So the the last matchup, and this was truly the the, the toughest challenge for for Craig and I. Um, and as much as anything, first of all, uh, the two cities were were uh, Fullerton, California, up against um, Richmond, Virginia, and so it was Cal State Fullerton up against University of Richmond, and we had two of our like most beloved colleagues, like two two of the all time Ringer greats. Danny Chow, uh, the the food critic eminence, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to do him a disservice trying to describe all of his credentials, but just a, a luminary in the food world, you know, just a couple of weeks ago with a piece um, in The New Yorker uh, about, you know, this sort of fusion concept with a, a short rib that he found in his freezer and, and how he whipped it up as a Sunday gravy on the one hand and then as a, a Vietnamese dish on the other. Um, and he was telling us about just sort of the food options in, in Fullerton and, you know, he tells it straight. He led yeah. with the fact that it's Chick-fil-A, like bro, Chick-fil-A. Oh, we stood in line. We got ourselves a year's worth of Chick-fil-A. Cause when they opened it up, we, we, we were one of the first 50 or first worst 100. And that's how, how we, we got down up against, um, our beloved bro, uh, Dan- Danny Heifetz on the. Uh, NFL beat um, Craig's co-host of the fantasy football podcast here at the Ringer podcast network. And Danny went to university of Richmond and really did a wonderful job of sort of celebrating um, the enormous and diverse food culture in and around the university of Richmond. And where we ended up was having this unbelievable dish described by the incomparable Danny Chow at this Korean restaurant in Fullerton matched up against, um, this Southern, uh, inspired home style cooking, beautiful, um, experience like proximate to the university of Richmond at a, a restaurant called mama J's. And we just had such a hard time sorting it out. But where we landed was we chose the university of Richmond and the Richmond food scene over Fullerton because it it just was a more cohesive kind of a food scene and food experience. And that, that was really, it was an extremely tight, extremely sharp contest, but that's where we landed. Yeah. It felt like the place Danny Chow described sounded like an amazing restaurant on its own, almost independent of CSU Fullerton and 
the Richmond scene, Mama J's included, felt like a more cohesive college town vibe. Yeah. No, I think I think you hit it exactly right. I think it's like, you know, uh, and 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 we talked about this, but you know, Danny having Danny Chow describe a place, it's it's sort of he's like he's like the Steph Curry of Cal Fullerton, right? He's gonna <laughs> take it on his back and drop forty, but Richmond's got the Georgetown vibe. Like they they're they're eventually gonna wear him down because there's just too many good places uh, in Richmond. And and fun fact about the other Danny is my neighbors across the street. I was having a beer with them last night and uh, they used to go their next door neighbors with Danny and they would go over to his parents' house. His mom would cook him lasagna for New York Giants football games every Sunday. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. You you live in Northern California. You're a San Francisco dude. So when you're saying my next door neighbor, that's somebody in Northern California, San Francisco area, Barron County. I was, yeah. So I was just, I just happened to mention, I was like, oh, I'm going to tape this thing. And then uh, my friend Maggie, uh, she was like, you know, one of my friends uh, works at The Ringer. And then she proceeded to talk about Danny. And I'm listening (laughs) and I'm like, oh, the guy who was talking about Richmond. Yes, exactly. Uh, So there you go. Small world. But they have every Sunday they'd have lasagna over there. uh, Danny's mom. And uh, his dad apparently (laughs) practices his golf swing in a swimming pool. Uh, I heard about that as well. So uh, we we had a lot to talk about, but small world. But anyway, Richmond Richmond is the spot. Yeah, it's the universality of the birdie buddy. I mean, the belly buddies. Yeah, exactly. Belly buddies exactly. are everywhere. That's amazing. What a great <laughs> connection. I'm so happy. This episode is brought to you by the Disney Bundle. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new exciting movies and series, all for one low price. On Disney Plus, join the ranks of Captain Marvel, Captain Monica Rambo, and Ms. Marvel as they team up to save the universe in Marvel Studios' The Marvels and embark on an adventure into the futuristic world of Iwaju. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. And school is back in session for the beloved teachers of Abbott Elementary. The Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. They're better together. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Kev, if you'll indulge us, what we tried to do here with with this final fork we didn't think that we could do the, you know, matchups, whatever. So what we wanted to do, we're going to try and, and come up with a succulent Cinderella story, a national champion on this episode. And the way we're going to go about it, we ordered versions of the sort of um, most noteworthy, compelling, celebrated food items from each of these cities. Now, we didn't get perfect renditions from each one because the logistics of this um, yeah. wouldn't wouldn't permit it. But we do have a version of a hot dog with celery salt, and we we have genuine Dell's lemonade here sitting in front of us. I made a Dell's frozen lemonade. It's staring yep. me in the face. The hot dog is here. The celery salt is here. I also have some mustard and onions and a little, uh, you know, meat sauce here. I just yep. want to make sure I get the bites right. So Providence is adequately represented. We got from uh, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, the beautiful, cheesy, spicy cheese bread from Stella's. Uh, mm-hmm. that Amelia Wademeyer um, celebrated for us a- a- on the show. And she she just conveyed this sense of place and smell and taste 
And, you know, we, Craig, to his credit, you know, made sure that I had the, the instructions an hour before we jumped on the pod here. Make sure you heat it up, get the 10 to 12 minutes, you know, get it at 350. Um, and I can tell you already the smell. There is something about that Wisconsin cheese. It just has its own unique place, right? Oh, absolutely. No, um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Yeah. No, so keep going. The, keep going. What else yeah. do you have? So we have cookies from Baked in Indiana, the 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 pre- preeminent um uh you know food item at midnight when you're you know on campus and you need something to satisfy the soul. You get a box of warmed cookies from Baked, which is a bakery there. They come hot. We have a s'mores version and a chocolate chip version. Craig and I, of course, heated those up as well because we're not animals. And then I have uh, access here on the East Coast with the proximity of Washington, D.C. Um, to Mama J's in Richmond, a wonderful version of a fried catfish platter, plus a little sweet potato pie, plus a little peach cobbler, oh. maybe some macaroni cheese side. So we're just going <laughs> to wow. sort of we're going we're gonna to try and work this through a little bit and just kind of give up a, a, a ranking system. Um, and that that, you know. We, it would have been wonderful. We really did try hard to get um, the dumplings. Um, yeah, Indiana has been shortchanged. I feel bad for Kate. Kate, we apologize. We only have the cookies, but we're doing the best we can. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're going to be great cookies. So, um, Craig, why don't you do some eating while I talk to Kevin about sort of the, <laughs> the, these things, and then I'll do some eating and you talk to, to Kevin. All right. Um, so what, should I or should we should we alternate? Like, what are we starting with? I think we should finish with the cookie. It's sweet. Yes. Uh, what do you want to start with? Should we start well, with you the- don't have any fried catfish. Um, so I feel like I should do that at a, at a point um, when you're you're chatting with Kevin. Okay. So maybe I'll start with the Wisconsin cheesy bread. Great. I could do that too because I can just have a bite. Um, yeah, we can talk about. That. So Kevin, one of the things that, that, again, this is referring back to the wonderful adventure we had earlier this year where we're eating food from um, the NFL playoff cities. And thank God the Green Bay Packers. We're in the playoffs because it gave us a chance to try brats and curds. And I haven't um, been to Green Bay. It's on my bucket list. I want to check check out Lambeau. Um, but I have never had authentic cheese curds that come from um, uh, this great state of Wisconsin. And we ordered from State Street, mm-hmm. um, which is the iconic place. And, and you know, we had red brats and, hot, and, and, and uh, white brats and direct curds. And they told us how to make them. And... Yep. Authentic cheese curds are one of the greatest things I've ever put in my mouth. Oh, absolutely. That's and squeak? The, yes. I, I didn't know. And and they they baked, you know, we had to try and, and um, recreate the uh, a version of them in our own kitchens. But, like, the baking was uncomplicated. The directions were straightforward. They combined at the bottom. There was a crispy layer at the, at the bottom of these cheese curds. And what I wasn't prepared for was the tang. I didn't know about the Wisconsin Tang. Have you explore, ex- enjoyed the, the Wisconsin Tang before? I've enjoyed the Wisconsin Tang. Um, I think when, during my burger adventures, uh, I spent time in Milwaukee and I made my way through Madison as well and ate uh, a lot of curds. Uh, and it was like, there was like curds and butter were basically the thing. You know, in, in, in Milwaukee, they have a burger that they literally just soak in butter. Um, and yeah, there's, it, it has a little bit of tang comes in at the end. Uh, it has that signature squeak to it. 
the texture, it, it kind of like gives a little bit, you know, it, it, it bounces back. Uh, I really enjoy it. I, it it's, it's satisfying. Did they put curds on any of the burgers that you ate? I don't remember if they did it like that. I don't think that they ever, cause I don't think that the melting, pro, you know, I think that kind of screws up the melting process. Yeah. It, it feels like it would be tough. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, yeah. How'd that go? Sorry. Tapping in here. The cheese Please. bread is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's got a perfect amount of spice that it's like, so it's, I, I looked it up with the exact, it's Monterey Jack cheeses, or I guess multiple variations of Monterey Jack cheese and some provolone, but there's like this red pepper chive kind of onion flavor that's just in the background with it. The bread is a perfect texture, very pulley and chewy, almost a little sweet, the bread on its own. Um, I mean, this, this is going to be a tough one to beat. My oh, loaf, my loaf came with a, um, a layer at the bottom that was just its own standalone, standalone, um, like slug of, of, um, baked cheese. I'm showing it to you right now. I don't know if you have a bite of that. (laughs) Because it is like not quite a cheese curd because it has sort of bread ingredients associated with it, but it's super good. And I'm going to, um, try not to talk with my mouth full. (laughs) Impressive Stella's Bakery. Hats off to you guys. Uh, sending this bread out and keeping it in the quality it comes in. It's it's it feels like I just got it at the farmers market. Now wait, is that available? Like, could I get some of that too? Like that's that, that's available for anyone? Yes, we ordered it through Gold Belly. You can order the hot and spicy cheese bread, uh, deliver it to your house. Highly recommend it to all the taste buds out there. If if you know, really any time of the year, but it does feel like it has a particular resonance in the like the colder seasons. Yeah. You know, this coming time. out of the oven and filling up the house with the smells of this because oh. to Craig's point, there are um the the spice a- aspect of it does give off a really lovely scent. Um but I I'm just so happy to have ch- that cheese, that Wisconsin cheese bite back in my life again. Did you did you uh have the same sort of feeling that Craig did uh taking your bite? I did. You know what the, I as as he was um describing the heat element uh, mm-hmm. I didn't get heat right away, but it's there now. So that's a, it's a latent heat, which I, I always enjoy. I always appreciate a hidden heat, a secret heat, a heat that comes later. Strong yeah, showing from Madison. That's great. Yeah, I love that. That's uh that I always like that about Prince's hot chicken. Uh that the heat kicked in later. You know, you'd be like, Oh, this, you know, it's not that hot on the tongue. And then yeah, about eight hours later you really feel it. But uh, and we, we did get to, to experience Hattie B's. We went down to Tennessee. Tennessee Titans were in the NFL playoffs. So mm-hmm. we did during the NFL. Uh, um, uh, what, what do we call that? The culinary championship? What was that? The, I don't remember the, what we... Uh, what did we... Yeah. Uh, co- chomp, conference championship. <laughs> Is that it? That's right. It doesn't matter. All um, this wordplay. That's too uh, many puns. It's where, it's yeah. where you end up when you're on. We peak with Final Fork. We're never going to go back. Yeah, from yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. National championships pretty good. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, if, if we're talking about Hattie B's versus Prince's, I'm a I'm a Prince's uh, proponent mm. all the way. So well, we're going to have I'm old school. I think the only way for us to do it though is to eat it there, right? Like you got we, it. we we did what we could in terms of um you got bringing it. it up to our our homes, but yeah. I get it. And that would be a great uh taste test competition. Um speaking of our buddy Danny Chow, he did that, so Yeah. Check mm-hmm. check out his story on on the uh, hot chicken from Nashville. Craig, what do you want to eat next? 
I think we have to go to Providence. Let's go to Providence. I'm thrilled. So what I'm going to do is I want to do just celery salt on a plain dog. Eat that first. And then I'll do the mustard, the onions, everything else. Because I've never had celery salt, nor have I had it on a dog. I mean, you've had celery salt in your life. It's been an ingredient in things you've eaten before. Yeah, perhaps. But I never knew I was eating it. You've had a Chicago dog before, right? Uh, I actually don't think I have. Oh, really? Okay. I will say I have had a Chicago dog. In fact, I've had many Chicago dogs. And while I understand the impact of the celery salt on it, the, the, the sheer volume of ingredients on a Chicago dog <laughs> and all of those flavors and everything that comes together there. Um, yeah. it's not like the, the, you don't get the, it's an extent, it, it, it accentuates, it heightens, it enlivens, but it, it is not the prominent, like, uh, right. flavor, flavor profile. You're right. No, you're totally yeah. right. You guys, you guys take your bites. Come We're on. Gonna, I, I, so, I want this to right. happen. So if I could describe what's happening here, they're both eating, they're both <laughs> taking bites of their hot dog and they're trying to kind of lean out of the zoom. Uh, so I'm not watching them, but, uh, they both seem just lost in thought now as they chew as professional you know, podcast people. <laughs> yes. I guess my initial reaction with the celery salt, is that I taste the hot dog and I taste the celery salt. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure I I, I get it. I, it doesn't taste bad together. It's just two things put together that both are fine on their own. I took another was, bite. Okay, all right. Well, because <laughs> yeah. Now I gotta I add the onions and the mustard. I want to wait because because I Maybe when Wiley was, when when Wiley was talking about uh, just having a dog with celery salt, I was like. Wait. What is going on here? Like, I've never heard of that in my life. Um, <laughs> that was our but, reaction. I mean, this was the thing. We were like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. It's just like, it's if, as if you put like, you're like, you know what? I'm going to have a hot dog and I'm going to put on some garlic salt. Like, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Do it, man. Um, but I think. It's not, it's not bad. It just feels superfluous to me. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. No, no, exactly. It's, it's just, it doesn't feel like an event. It's not a plain hot dog, right? It's not a hot dog in a bun. It's a hot dog in a bun with a flavor enhancer, you know, an enlivener. There is a yeah. pop that you get out of it. It is it is pleasing. Yeah, it's it very kind of nice. lingers. I'm still tasting the celery now, almost like as you breathe out. You know, you can sometimes taste when you breathe out after a bite. Mm-hmm. I, that, now I'm kind of like getting more of the celery. Um, yeah, it's all right. I think one of the <laughs> things, and, and Kev, maybe you can help steer us here. When you go and order the dogs in the New York system, you know, at, um, I'm going to blank on the names of the diners. Um, Onlyville and, and Haven Bros. Yeah, Haven yeah. Bros is what I was thinking of. Um, you're not going there to just eat one. And so, you know, if you're anticipating and you're, and you're, there's always a beverage alongside. Now we're drinking Dell's frozen lemonade um, alongside this. I've been sipping. Um, or you're having oh. a coffee milk, which uh, widely yeah, described. Yeah. I think the coffee milk plus the dog, and you're having multiple dogs. That like combination might be sort of a crucial part of the experience. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's when you get into like true sort of uh, like Rhode Islanders with the coffee milk play, right? Um, because to me, the coffee milk having that, like having the, uh, and I think you talked about this on the last one where you were, you sort of questioned it, but having that like sweet, like, and then dairy mixed with what you're getting from like the meat and the acid from the mustard 
and the onion and the celery salt, like those things don't totally add up to me. I think like (laughs) Dell's frozen lemonade does, you know, because it cuts through. Like you want something to cut through. And and I think with the lemon, the acid you get, but the coffee milk doesn't do it for me. And that's where, you know, I have to very politely question uh, how those two things add up. And the whole, and you know, Wiley's answer was, well, you have it when you're seven. And I think that's the answer for a lot of people on why they like things together. Like you had it growing up, but I don't think that they logically make sense. I think Dell's frozen lemonade makes sense, but I don't think uh, coffee milk does. Yeah, I don't, food is not yeah. always rational. I kind of like no. that sometimes one plus one equals three. It's just like, yeah, it is absolutely. the way it is. Totally. And I, and, yeah, especially as a child. If you read up on um, this style of hot dog, this version of hot dog, and the way it's celebrated in Rhode Island publications, the coffee milk is often mentioned in the same, you know, couple sentences. Totally. No, and, and I've done it before. And I tend, what I found I was doing was I'd have a sip of coffee milk. Then I'd have some bites of the, the hot dog. I would finish the hot dog and then I would have the coffee milk again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't really want it in the middle. I wanted it sort of at the beginning and the end. But again, I'm not a true uh, Rhode Islander. But you I don't spent a lot bu- of time there, more than, than Craig or I. Yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't say bubbler when we're talking about water fountains. There's a lot of things I don't do. <laughs> so, uh, but, but yeah, so it's like, I can appreciate both of those things, but I don't see them together. But again, you're drinking the frozen lemonade i mean i'm curious as to how the how the frozen lemonade is sort of uh going alongside the hot dog yeah can we talk about the dell's house have you had it i have i've been sipping it in between bites of this of the dog so it's very simple we we, they send you it it, they're in little packets pre-portioned packets and you just combine it you essentially blend it with ice and water that's it um I was, a, I, I feel like I'm a, being a sourpuss here about Providence, but I, it wasn't as, I, I guess in my mind, when I heard frozen lemonade or lemonade slushy, whatever you call this technically, I imagined going to like Disneyland or Six Flags and you get one of those like incredibly sugary, over tart drinks. And this was surprisingly mellow. And it's mellow. I agree. It's really not tart or, or sweet. I mean, it is a little bit, there's like hints of lemon in there, but it's, it's more of just like a like a LaCroix <laughs> turned into a, a blended drink. My, mine's a tiny bit. Now, there is sugar, so it's not LaCroix uh, to my True. taste, to my palate. I'm it's not, just I'm not, not very sweet to me. Maybe I added a little extra ice or water, but I, I was surprised. I thought it was going to kind of like knock me right in the teeth, and it didn't. It's not sweet. It's not that sweet lemonade that you, I'm so glad that you use that reference because it is like the note that we have in the back of our heads when we think about going out and enjoying a giant lemonade at a ball game or ballpark or, or amusement park kind of experience, the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. It is a, it, it, they're always big and it <laughs> is always like the first thing that hits you really is the, the lemony sugar as the, as the overwhelming flavor note, right? Totally. Um, that's not this. No, it's really <laughs> not. I'm, I don't know. Maybe we'd have to, I don't know, Kevin, do you know, is that the point? Is it, is this how it's supposed to taste? Well, no, I mean, I think the, the when you get them kind of fresh uh, in Rhode Island, there's a little bit more of a tartness and a little, you know, I, I think the at-home version is a little bit of the PG and uh, you get the you get the real R-rated version uh, when <laughs> it's got a little more of that tang. 
yeah. a little more a little more zest to it but but it's but again it's not like you're right it doesn't punch you in the face it doesn't even slap you in the face it's just sort of like it's it's flicking you um, i mean it's very refreshing it compliments like a hot dog on like a summer day i totally get it but um I I one I guess one compliment I could give it is that you can drink the whole thing, which is something you can't do at the ballpark or the amusement park when you get one of those frozen lemonades because halfway through you have three cavities and a headache. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so they're they're just looking out for you. That's what they that's what they do in Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, well, because they know you had a coffee milk with it, so they can't just yeah, exactly. nail you with sugar. Yeah, I will say I do think it is a great compliment to the dogs. Yeah, if you want to go to the diner and plow through a half dozen dogs and get a frozen giant frozen lemonade and call that, you know, a great lunch by all means. And I really feel like it would be great to have a hangover for that. I was, and speaking of alcohol for all our 21 plusers out there, toss a couple shots of vodka in this, blend it up. Oh yeah. Lovely. Yes. That is such a good call. Mm -hmm. The the producer with the perfect palate with the perfect (laughs) palate note on that one. Come on. Well, um, we're going to move on. Um, we've sampled. You got to do Richmond House, and I'll just so, we, we'll have to take your word for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ke- Kevin, how much time have you spent in Richmond? Uh, I've been there. I would say I've been there several times um, and eaten around a little bit, and I was impressed. I've always been impressed by Richmond, um, both the variety of places, you know, because you got that like you're just south enough that you get you start to work in that barbecue culture and more of like the actual like virginia towards the north carolina side um and uh and then it's but it's also like it's a college town but it's also it's the capital right the capital of virginia yeah and uh, i knew that off the top of my head it's crazy and uh (laughs) it's like so you've got the you've got fancy elements to it you know there's a there's a, a lot to compare it to madison um, but with Madison that su- of the South, yes, exactly, as it's known, but it's got that <laughs> Southern, that Southern, uh, that Southern taste. And, um, I was really impressed when I went there. Heifetz described it as, um, really like to his way of thinking where the genuine Mason Dixon line kind of belongs. Um, and then yeah, I understood right. the, the point that he was making, um, in terms of it, we, we really found and I, I've been lucky enough to, to um, visit Richmond many times, my own self, uh, living here in Washington, D.C. It's not that bad of a trip as long as you're on 95 at a reasonable time. Um, I've been lots of times done lots of eating down there. And it is, um, again, very sort of underrated in terms of the breath. It is not one note in any way, shape or form. It has all of the Southern influence that you you would start to anticipate once you sort of get down um, below the genuine Mason-Dixon line. Um, but but also, you know, influences um, from, uh, you know, the... the, the uh, I think that uh, Richmond really does well is something, you know, that was a big point in what I talked about in Burn the Ice with the spread of sort of this culinary culture all over the country. And so what they did is they've got that. There's like the old school ideas of like places that have been around for a while, you know, in the the barbecue culture and some of that, but they also do a great job of sort of like infusing that like artisanal kind of new world. And because of its proximity to DC, because of its proximity to these other places, a lot of chefs who want sort of for cheaper, 
uh, you know, who, who made their bones in DC or made their bones in some of these more expensive places can move down to Richmond and open cool restaurants, uh, on a, for a cheaper price. And, and that's how you kind of create these cool little pockets of things happening. So I think Richmond has that. That, that definitely, that's a great way to describe my, my own experience there. And I've eaten Greek there. I've eaten pizza there. I've eaten steak there. Like, you know, and, and you can get sort of, um, versions of, of those things that feel like they belong to, to Richmond in their, in their own way. Right. They're not, um, uh, like, you know, copies of, of, you know, this is what some non whatever person imagined this might be They're They're really in their own way. Um, unique. I'm, I, I am struggling because I've been eating fried catfish and I have to (laughs) stop eating it because it's so good. So we used mama J's at Danny's suggestion as the, you know, sort of iconic, um, eating place for university of Richmond students. Part of the appeal is it's been there for a long time. Part of the appeal is it's a family-owned business. Part of the appeal is um, it's very, very reasonably priced. Part of the appeal is it's a neighborhood bar. Uh, like a- everything that you kind of want out of a college town restaurant experience. And this fried catfish is absolutely delectable. I really, I can't, it's the middle of the day, so I don't want to eat and, and you know, <laughs> preclude dinner tonight. But we also pulled in i have uh, a baked macaroni and cheese that's just outrageous i had to eat a couple bites of collards um the the restaurant also features you know a pork chop that i think has that sort of southern style fry approach so all, all of those elements are at play um at at mama j's and i have peach cobbler and i have um sweet potato pie i'll take Oof. bites of those sort of <laughs> a, a, as as we go along here um, but it is time, I think, Craig. Let's go ahead and, and jump into um, uh, the, the cookies. Okay, great. Yeah, so like you said earlier, we have chocolate chip and we have s'mores. Kate's favorite was the s'mores, and I think we just tossed in the chocolate chip because it's a classic. Yeah. Oh, mine's, mine's falling apart because I had it in the oven, and it, it, it's got a nice soft a nice the, softness to it. It's a chocolate the, cookie. The s'mores cookie is, yeah, it's quite literally a chocolate cookie. Under it is graham crackers, and on top of it is a marshmallow. So, oh boy, yeah, okay. It has a dark chocolate. It has a dark chocolate in it. It's it's in the back of my throat. This like, it's not sweet chocolate. No, this is good. Yeah, you feel, you feel good about it. Call. I'm feeling really good about it. Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, like, I you know I've been thinking about all these different and the having like a really, really good cookie place on a college in a college town. Like there's, there's nothing better than that. Right. Like, especially a place that is going to deliver a dozen of those things around midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Around say midnight. (laughs) There's a real late night cookie scene in college sweeping the nation. I forget. I think it was Kate. And there's been a couple of others, maybe one other person who mentioned it where I went to school, had it. We had a place called, I think it was called insomnia cookies where, there's like these services now where they just yes. you could just order two dozen cookies at one a.m. and they just bring it to you. It's amazing. Exactly, and I think that sort of started right around the delivery boom, like 10, 15 years ago. Uh, it you really saw it take off because I remember in the early days of Thrillist, we were constantly writing about places all over the country called like Insomnia or Baked mm. 
like plays off of like the ideas that, uh, you know, you might be consuming things that are now legal, um, and might want some cookies to go along with them, uh, before you watched, you know, whatever that movie, Wizard of Oz connected to Led Zeppelin or whatever it is. Anyway, Pink Floyd. What, how, what is that? I I think it's Pink Floyd. Yeah. See, I didn't do it guys. I don't consume (laughs) illegal drugs. I'm not. Yeah. I, I, Um, I like the food is enough. Yeah, so I just well, I would just eat the cookies. But you could do Budweiser. You could do a dozen Budweisers and then have these co- cookies at the li- at the end of the night. <laughs> That's now, true. House in uh, Worcester was there a place uh, that you could order late night treats of any sort, or uh, you were just going to Coney's uh, to get hot dogs? So Coney's Coney's was too far from campus. There was two great options. One was the Miss Wu Diner. So a real genuine. Um, you know, freight car, trail car, diner, you know, built on that kind of platform. Very, very akin to what I imagine, you know, Rhode Island itself, you know, a, a great Rhode Island import, perhaps. Um, and that was where you, you could physically go. And it was close enough to campus, maybe three quarters of a mile to a mile from campus. You could stumble down there if you needed to. And then there was College Square Pizza, which I lived off campus my uh, junior and senior years, very close to College Square Pizza, and it was a Greek pizza place, Kevin Alexander. To to your point about New England and featuring that Greek style, and it really, mm-hmm. it is. It's funny that it's it's kind of a one of one in the sense that uh, I haven't had that style of pizza anywhere else um, in, in America, but it was the pizza that I ate for my college years. Yeah, and did now did they cut it into squares or did they cut it? Uh, you know, like in the traditional it, triangle sense. So it was a round pizza that they cut in squares. Mm. That they cut in squares, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. I no, mean, if you wanted them to cut it traditional, they would do that too. But but that's how they did it. Yes. Yeah. See, we it, we had the same thing. I don't know what because the problem with that is like there'd always be one of the sli- the last slice to go was the one right in the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone would work their way around. Um, but. No, it's interesting, but there were never. You're not getting dessert style places. Uh, not not was, in our era, like that. Yeah, not, not, not yeah. my era of, of college. Not even that, in that, my era. That concept had not yet, you know, arrived. Um, and there wasn't Craig like was a great del- delivery culture either, really, at that time. You had to be prepared to go. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right, that the time is upon us, gentlemen. Um, we have to declare a national champion. We're gonna we're gonna rank this by these representative items, but we're also gonna be mindful of what we heard from their the various advocates of of these cities and what we've come to understand about them. Um, cities, college, food, towns. Let's let's get it right. Um, mm-hmm. And and Kevin's own experience and and stewardship in trying to you know make some sense. Out of this, out of the four things that we ate, Craig, um, what was your fourth most favorite? Let's put it well, that way. I can only rank three. Obviously, I didn't have the the soul food that you. I had. know. I understand that. So, what I'm going to put in last place, sadly, and the way I'm ranking this is how many things did I come back to as the podcast was progressing? Just when you guys were chatting it up, like what was I just going back to eat more of? And the one thing I didn't go back on was the celery salt hot dog. And the frozen lemonade. Unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to put Providence in last right now for me. 
So I'm going to vote also, and then Kevin will tell us whether or not our votes make any sense. And I'm going to 1,000% agree with you, Craig, because I think what we experience in the way of this representative food from Providence um, is a kind of food experience that is best had there in Providence, live, sitting inside of Olneyville or... Uh, the diner whose name Haven I Bros. Haven Bros. I keep yeah. getting it. Yeah. Well, you have to have these there. They have to come out. The guy has to have them on his arm or the woman, the guy, you know, whoever is presenting the food to you. It's three or four lined up on the arm. They're putting the ingredients on as as they serve it. And I think that's that's the best way for this food um, to be delivered. It's also the case that Providence, not like a full college you know with a concentrated college food experience kind of deal yeah i would have to agree with you guys i you know uh judging from having i've had all the things that you're talking about and uh i think that they are best experienced live uh just grab that hot dog jam it into your coffee milk shake it up (laughs) And just drink it down, like yeah, like Joey Chestnut style. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's how they do it. <laughs> that's how they that's do it. it. That's where Joey. That, that's where Joey Chestnut learned. Uh, that just, just from the traditional Providence way to eat those things. But uh, yeah, no, I think those are best live, and I think you make a really strong point that Providence is a formidable food city in its own right, and it in an expanse. And even just in doing that, that sort of can like slightly. Uh, disqualify it from really having like the strong college town winning vibe. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. So we're in the right place. Providence is fourth. Where where are we headed next, C-Money? So here's where I'm struggling. I, I'm, I'm caught between, again, I'm setting Richmond aside. So thinking about Wisconsin and Indiana here, I, I thought both items that we tried today were superb. I thought too, the s'mores cookie was honestly fantastic for a cookie that flew across the country. I, it, it, you made a great point that the cookie itself is not that sweet, but that makes sense because there's a graham cracker under it providing sugar and then a damn marshmallow on top. So it's actually kind of perfect and the texture is wonderful. Cheesy bread knocked me out of the park as well. Where I'm struggling is that we didn't try the Tibetan dumpling place because from what it sounds like based on speaking with Kate Hallowell, who went to Indiana, I think Bloomington is, is the city I want to pick, but it's hard because I'm only eating a cookie. Yeah, so right. based on to your point, Craig, the 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 vibe of the food scene between Madison and Bloomington, I think I would like to eat in Bloomington. I'd like to explore Bloomington. I'd like I would to like go to go see, out in Madison, go to a game in Madison, <laughs> eat the cheese Kil- in Madison. Go to Kilroy's in Madison and see oh no, Kilroy's is in Bloomington. Kilroy's in Bloomington. I mean oh, we get wow. those we get those breadsticks. Come but on. I see, I see house why you thought it was in Madison because <laughs> right. of, the, of the vibe of, of what Madison sounds like. You wouldn't yes. think that's typically in Bloomington, which I think is not a knock on Bloomington. It's the opposite. It, it's a, it's a positive. I, I, I think you guys are all saying, I think you're, 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 you're hitting on, on a really good note, which is like the more surprising and the more unique food style seems to be in Bloomington with the Tibetan culture, with the, you know, I, I talking about these Croatian places and talking about the place with the breadsticks. And I was, I was ready to flash you guys. I, I, I was all prepared. <laughs> Thank you uh, for not just, yeah, no, no, no I'm There's just letting time. you know, 
Yeah, it's no. not it's not off the table. House don't <laughs> Yes it is. It's off me. the it's table. It's not off the table. But uh yeah, so I I think and I mean just seeing even those reactions to what you have, you know, it's I don't know. I don't know. I I I really I like that for you guys, but I don't want to I, you guys should keep talking it out because you know you gotta you gotta talk Madison and Wisconsin too. I'm sorry, Madison and Richmond too. But but I like that place for you guys. Yeah, the monkey wrench in this is is Richmond. But again, we, we have to think back to the purpose of this exercise. It is called a succulent Cinderella story. Right now, based on the foods I've had here, Bloomington, Indiana, a month ago, if you would have asked me, what do you think the foods like in Bloomington, Indiana? I would have ignorantly said, I don't know, probably not too great. We and just now said look, it's a Midwest stuff. It's like yeah. it's brats and you know whatever. And, and, and yet here they are. Yeah. No, and it, it doesn't even get the respect of the other Midwest places, right? Yeah. Like no one's <laughs> right. like like that's the problem. You're Indiana, like you're you you don't say the same thing that you say about Wisconsin, that you say about Chicago, that you say about Detroit. Like those have a lot more shine from the foodie culture. And I, I can say the same thing when you send me the notes, and I'm looking through the places. I'm like Bloomington, whatever. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and that was dismissive of me and just in doing the research and talking to the people, gosh, that there's, there's something beautiful about it. I think we are in a place where this is going to be Bloomington, Indiana against Richmond, Virginia. I'm prepared to just call it in that direction. And, you know, part of the reason is because in the conversation with Kate, first of all, it sounded like everything was, was walkable. Um, not that that wasn't necessarily the case in Madison. It just sounded like Madison might be bigger, might be longer. And you had to make sure that you um, build time into your life for the farmer's market on the Capitol Square in Madison um, to get the full eating experience. We love the idea of this, um, you know, this street uh, that, that Craig Fourth Street. Is that what yep. it was? Yeah. Fourth Where street. you can go spot by spot and vi visit all over the world right there in Bloomington. Plus, here's the thing why I feel comfortable calling it for Bloomington and, and, and based on Kate's experience. She started off by telling us about a dorm food experience that was singularly the best dorm food of any place um, that, that we visited. Any, any of the advocates that we spoke with, the dorm food scene at Bloomington, you know, it's they, they were very ahead of the curve, um, it, it sounds like. You know, this is her experience was within the last decade. She, she's she's a youth, but, uh, you know, they, they sort of recognize and understand the direction of um, the palates of, of their their kids and really um, worked hard to make a whole variety of options available. And she was describing some of her very best food experiences there as as occurring on campus before we even, you know, sort of go off into, into the, the town a little bit. Craig, do you agree with this? Absolutely. I'm very pleasantly, um, I'm very happy with how this has gone. We know when we did the Super, uh, the, the NFL playoffs one, much like in real football, usually the best team just wins, the team with the best players. And it's like, it was the Philadelphia cheesesteak and the, the Buffalo wing, right? Everybody kind of even knew that going in. That's eh, probably what's, usually the one seeds in football win even though I guess this year it didn't. But in general, yes. March Madness is so great because anything can happen. The unexpected is, is expected. And that's exactly what happened here with Bloomington. It's the Loyola of Chicago, of <laughs> right. uh, the, the food cities. But no, I was just, I was just perusing 4th Street. And I mean, it's so cool. They've got Burmese and Greek and Indian and Thai and, and 
and all in that lane. And, and there is something so cool about a contained food scene, right? And I think to to kind of all the chips towards Bloomington, Richmond and Madison are both capitals. So they're going to give you a lit. There's going to be people, there's going to be lobbyists going to steakhouses and having clubby meals and all that sort of stuff. You can't avoid it. It's just, it's just what happens. And so they can have cool scenes, but to have a little contained sort of college town with those experiences, uh, that's really, really cool, especially coming from nowhere. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up about this. So let me jump in because I'm the only one that was able to eat the Richmond representative. Craig was not able. We couldn't get him uh, a Southern style replica of fried <laughs> catfish. I don't even know. Does California, could you get fried catfish in LA? Yeah, definitely. Okay. There was a place All where right. I used to live in mid city that had. All right, good. That makes me yeah. feel better. Uh, Cause fried catfish as an Eastern Southern tradition is I'm going to curse. It's fucking incredible. Like if it's <laughs> when you have it hot and it comes out, well, like you get a, you're lucky enough to get a fillet with a little bit of substance to it. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't need, it doesn't need to be fancy breading. You don't need all this flavor to come out of, of the breading. Cause the, the, the fish itself, it's, it's, you know, it's a junk fish. It's got a little bit of a funk to it. Um, but it's, it's meaty, it's flaky and, and it's satisfying. Uh, and so I'm glad, you know, that, that, that the fried catfish, and then you take some of these other traditions, collard greens and, 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 uh, baked macaroni and cheese. And then you got peach cobbler and sweet potato pie. That's a formidable meal and, you know, emanating from a place where that food pathway in Richmond, Virginia has, you know, hundreds of years of, uh, cultural identity leading up to, you know, me having this version that I'm having right now. Um, and so we're just putting it head to head against Bloomington, Indiana. And I have a lean, um, but I think, you know, I want, I want sort of uh, Kevin to weigh in. Uh, well, actually, Craig, why, why don't you weigh in? Cause you had the benefit of actually listening to the advocates and you, you have the consideration now, the, all of the suite of facts, you didn't have any fried catfish today, but you have the suite of facts in front of you. Why don't you weigh in with, with where your lean is? I think it certainly is clear that it's Richmond versus Bloomington. I think both the cities kind of are perfect examples of what we wanted to accomplish with this show. And I'm excited. Like, you, we can just keep doing this. You can just do this every March Madness with eight new cities and then eventually put all those winners in a bracket and you can we, really hey, see where things we go. Might, we, not, we might not wait till March. This college football <laughs> is, starts in August. It's like, true. We could eat. Let's eat. Run it back. Exactly right. We 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 were deliberate in, in only choosing eight, but yeah, let's let's come up with another eight as soon as reasonably possible. Well, Craig, can I can I make a suggestion for you guys? Yeah, please. Um, could you possibly have in the style? This is more like NBA Finals, but I just want to throw it out there. Could Richmond, your your dish from Richmond, win tournament MVP? But can you have? Bloomington be the overall winner. Does that feel like it might be a fair way to, because like, clearly you love that dish and it's important and, and like shouting that place out is amazing. And you're, you're totally right. So maybe that could be tournament MVP and then maybe the over, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to, to, to find a place to, to get everyone in here. No, I like where your head's at. That's certainly something that we could discuss. I mean, same with Danny Chow's, uh, black goat stew that we didn't try. I'm going to try and I'm going to send it to house, but 
And I'll send it to you too, Kevin, if yeah, you want it. Please. Um, I'll go meet you there. Right. Uh, that's not a bad idea because once again, I, I think the hardest part is you have to distill this down into what the purpose of the exercise is. And Bloomington as a city, as a college town, seems to be, to me, the most surprising Cinderella story um, in this exercise. And that's why I'm leaning Bloomington versus Richmond. Yeah, I, I think it's a very um, tight race. I think yeah. this is, it's a, like we're, we're really cutting it close in terms of wh- where can we draw the line here. But I, I'm I'm prepared to endorse um, Craig's direction here. I really do think Bloomington, um, because of what we we didn't anticipate, because of how unexpected it was, Bloomington, Indiana is going to be our national champion, and I'm I, and I'm and I'm perfectly satisfied with that. I love it. I love it so much. I I I couldn't agree more. It just feels right. You just see the people in the red and white pinstripes. Who's I mean, yeah. I mean, when you guys post this, there's gonna you know, Fourth Street is gonna be they're gonna be flipping cars on Fourth Bumping. Street. <laughs> yeah. There's just gonna, you know, dumplings are gonna be everywhere. <laughs> Things might be happening at Kilroy's. Exactly. Look, like we, you know, we, <laughs> allegedly. 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 <laughs> But uh, it feels right. That that's it. Taste buds, hungry homies, culinary comrades. I think we've done it. I mean, I'm really proud of us, See uh, Money, and and we couldn't have done it without you, Kevin Alexander. Speaking of people, we could not have done this without. Huge shout out to our producer Mike Wargon. Huge shout out to Chelsea Stark Jones, who really behind the scenes made so much of this happen. Huge shout out to Allison Turner for helping us pull together the unbelievable array of guests on here. Shout out to all of our advocates who came on here. It was a joy exploring these food cities with you. And we're serious. I think we're really going to do this again as soon as possible. I don't know if I can wait till next March, Craig. I don't want to. Yeah. We'll figure out a way to make a dozen terrible puns with the college football season and come up with a way to do some more college town eating because I, I, I feel like I'm 10% smarter. I know I'm 10% fatter. And really, what, what, <laughs> what else is the point of House of Carbs if not those two things? I'm going back it, to this cookie. Go back uh, into the cookie. I love it. Can we, get, can we do it like, uh, you know, like they do on ESPN where we go live uh, to these college football towns and we're just eating these things? Yeah. We got to up the budget for this show and then we'll start traveling. <laughs> I, I need... Lee Corso heads. I need to. I need to put some sort of a, a, a huge dumpling on my head. Um, think about it. Uh, you got to talk to to Bill Simmons about that one. But look, <laughs> my taste buds, my culinary comrades, my famished friends. We have a national champion. It is Bloomington, Indiana. Thank you all so much for coming on this adventure with us. We'll be back sooner than you know it with another culinary adventure here on House. Oh, carbs. 